0: Welcome to Inside the Labyrinth podcast. This is one of your co-hosts speaking, Frank. I am an active New York City police officer and I'm part of Reps for Responders. I've had the honor and privilege to journey through the labyrinth with my other host, Jay, the real Jumpman Jay on Instagram. He's a veteran officer and also part of the SWAT team in one of the cities in New York. We would just like to thank you for journeying through the labyrinth with some of the great guests that we have had on the show so far. We will continue to make episodes with all the positive feedback that we have received. If anyone has any idea, topic or anyone we would like to interview, please email us at repsforresponders@gmail.com. At Reps for Responders is a nonprofit out of Rockland County, New York. We provide free open gym for all active, retired and volunteer first responders, military and veteran. Reps for Responders also has a Weekly Zoom meeting, which is a support group, every Sunday at 7 p.m. to let first responders and military let off steam or talk about anything that they want to talk about, positive, negative, or anything they're struggling with. Rush for responders has five certified recovery coaches through New York State to help battle addiction and alcoholism. If anyone is struggling, please don't be afraid to reach out to Redford responders You can find us on Instagram at reps underscore four underscore responders or visit our website at repforresponders.org. Again, from myself and Jay personally, we thank you. And as a recovering alcoholic, I would like to personally thank you because you have kept me sober just for today. All in and have a great day.
1: Welcome back. Season three, Inside the Labyrinth. This is your boy, the real Jumpman Jay, and I'm here with my guy, Frankie V.
2: Flexing in the city, Jay. I like it. Repping, repping the shirt today.
1: Love it. Love it, bro.
2: So before we start season three, I want to thank everyone who was listening on season one, season two. Season two was uh, an all-star lineup. Uh, we had Chris Bell. We had Chris Gronkowski. We had Brandon Lilly and Sin Afro Brutality. We had Ed Cohen. We had Stan Efforting. We had uh, man, look at this. I'm blanking out. Uh Ricky and Dan. Oh, and Corey Gregory. So that was an all-star uh starting five with some good uh ready-to-go subs in. So it was it was a great season. So if anyone ever uh, if you guys missed that out, make sure you uh turn in t- tune into that. And today I'm very excited. I had a conversation with Josh Bryant from Jailhouse Strong, and he was asking me how the podcast was going. Podcast was going. Said, oh, it's going really well. I said, I just need. We just want to get like a few badass chicks in here to talk about their journey. And he's like, All right, I got mm-hmm. one for you. And boom, here we go. So uh, being a strong man myself, I'm excited to hear from her and take some tips and learn some knowledge. So uh, Brittany Diamond, thanks for uh, joining in episode one of season three. How you doing?
3: Good. Thanks, Frankie. Thanks for having me. Yeah, Josh is awesome. So when he emailed me, I was like, all right, I trust his recommendation. So and then I listened to a couple episodes. And yeah, you definitely have some awesome people that I look up to on here. So I'm excited to be here.
2: Thank you. Thank you. I hope everything's going well with you and the COVID with the COVID and everything. Where where are you uh at right now?
3: So I live in North Attleboro, Massachusetts, which is right near providence rhode island and basically i live like five minutes from patriot's place so oh, i know okay. i know don't get don't don't even let's not even talk uh, about that i know
1: yeah but <laughs> yeah, i'm a giant fan and you
3: know sorry um, i just I, won't go there it's unfortunately fine. i'm a
2: yeah, jet fan I, so i gotta go
1: i already i already feel a way about the patriots <laughs>
2: Now I can now I can root for uh Tom Brady and Gronkowski cuz they're not on the patch anymore. I know, but, I know. So that'll be very you. interesting. I know
1: you guys can Are you, Cam, a, Cam are you a Patriots fan?
3: Yeah, yeah, of course.
1: Oh uh, boy. Um so yeah, that means from, um, all right.
3: I have one more question for you. Okay. Do
1: you, are are you a Boston Red Sox fan? Yeah,
3: I'm not like I mean I love going to the games in person, which obviously this year can't happen, but I'll never really watch baseball on TV. It's very boring to me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know that's the first honest answer I think anybody's ever given a...
3: oh, be, I would say be- be "honest." This podcast, I love don't it worry.
1: love it because baseball is great um I played it growing up but uh, it's hard to watch on tv I got to go to the games it's a little bit more of an experience to to watch it in person versus watching it on tv so I, I yeah. definitely re- uh, relate yeah. on that
2: yeah the, the crowd there definitely makes it uh makes it more fun sometimes I go just for, just to be in the crowd and Yankee Stadium is pretty brutal sometimes, so
1: I bet. Yeah. yeah. So especially anyways, working a ridiculous too, bro.
2: Yeah, they both are.
1: I've been up there. I've been up there. so um, were you born and raised up there or no?
3: Yep. I grew up on the North Shore in Massachusetts, kind of moved around various towns growing up. But yeah, Look, always you don't,
1: you don't have that, that like Boston that Boston accent.
3: I do not, and I will never <laughs> <laughs>
1: I love it. All right, good. We're good to go now. I just wanted to ask those two things. I'm going to let Frankie take it away from here. She said she will never Got to get in the car. Well,
3: uh, because I, get, when the, get in the I car. In trouble, whenever I was in trouble, just hearing that Boston accent from my mom getting yelled at, it just drilled a hole in my head. Uh huh and growing up i actually wanted to i thought i was going to be like a tv reporter so i purposely was always very conscientious to not have an accent
1: you <laughs> i could
4: like definitely
1: that, so. i could definitely see you doing that do not give up on that you have the face you have the sound just chase that thanks just keep that keep that in mind all right just,
2: all right good. so since, since you, you brought up growing up let's uh let's jump into your labyrinth uh the labyrinth is your mind and we're going to travel through your labyrinth um and uh, see what you got for us today. So growing up in uh, and take us back to your to your life in high school, any high school sports, how was it for you? How was your journey and um kind of were you lifting in high school and anything and go from there?
3: Absolutely. So I've always been very physically active from a young age. It was just how I dealt with life. It's funny because now that I'm older and have more of an understanding, it was just, you know, I guess I was using it as stress relief, but I was always a runner. And I would just, whenever I was in a bad mood, just go for a run and listen to music. And then in high school, I did track and cross country. I definitely wasn't a long distance type of athlete. I was built always more like a sprinter, but I just did it because it was a fall sport. I wasn't very coordinated with other sports. I had tried basketball or anything like that. If football was an option for a woman, I probably would have done that. Um, Yeah, I just did track. I did more middle distance stuff. And I think I went into the weight room for the first time ever in eighth grade.
4: Okay.
3: I just, I'll admit it, all I did was arms because I was really (laughs) self-conscious. I always had, like, very muscular legs. And I was like, I'm a string bean up top. So I pretty much think I just trained biceps. I didn't know anything besides how to curl for a couple of years.
4: Wow.
2: Britney biceps. <laughs> That's funny. So, and how was how was it um, the whole experience, friends and stuff, growing up like in high school? Like, did you was high school? Did you enjoy high school at all?
3: Yeah, I liked high school. I was pretty. I had a lot. You know, I was um, definitely more of an extrovert. I had a lot of friends. Party girl. Always enjoyed kind of. Being solo, I wasn't a huge like partier, that sometimes made it a little tough, you know. Because a lot of kids my age just went out in the woods on the weekend and drank, and I was always very conscientious about like training and eating. I think one of my, my one of my best friends, who I'm still really close with, would tease me because I would always have like hard-boiled eggs as a snack because I couldn't wait until lunch to eat because I'd be starving <laughs> all the time. So yeah, I was always pretty into my athleticism and how to improve, whether that be through diet or, you know, making sure I wasn't drinking, things like that.
2: So you took oh, okay. your training pretty serious young.
1: Uh, yeah, at a very yeah. young age. So did you kind of have an idea that you wanted to be like an athlete? Because you, I mean, it sounds it sounds like you identified with that at a very young age, like in the weight room at like in the eighth grade. I mean, that's like unheard of. Most most girls are like, at, like in the eighth grade, they're just they're trying to hang out, they're trying to party. Like that's like the first thing that's on their mind. And then you wanting to be in the weight room, that that shows like the division right there. So you kind of like woke up one day and it's like, you know what? Um, yeah, I think I definitely want to take the athletic route. And, and having like a hard boiled egg for like a snack. I mean, I, I know a lot of girls in the eighth grade weren't eating hard boiled eggs. i tell you that they were probably eating some pop tarts, uh, you know, some you know Oreos things of like that. It sounds like
2: me in eighth like grade. Me, eighth grade.
1: Yeah, you know what I mean? I know I wasn't eating hard-boiled egg to say <laughs> yeah. that. So
3: Yeah, so like, I remember when I was really young, I read um Flojo. She was, you know, an Olympic sprinter.
4: Yeah. I read yeah. her
3: autobiography probably like 10 times, and I remember I just wanted to be like her. I loved how she was so in tune with her goals and dreams, but she was also very feminine, and I just really looked up to her. So... Yeah, I kind of always identified as being an athlete. I felt like I was—it was something I was really good at.
1: Okay. So, so, so can I ask? Um, so, so can you name like name three other female athletes that influenced you as a as a kid? I, I always find that like depending on like the time frame when someone grew up, it tells you a lot about who they looked up to as an athlete.
3: So three female athletes. That's t- honestly yeah. that's a really really hard question because I was so. I, I didn't really watch a lot of sports. The only time I ever really watched TV even was when the Olympics were on, and of course, okay. track was always on at like midnight because it wasn't as popular as the other sports. So yeah, FloJo, and then there was a couple boxers and stuff that I would like see on TV. But I honestly, I think FloJo is probably my only, like the oh, only. She's iconic. Later, later on in life, I definitely yeah. had other females I looked up to, but in high school, it was just. Yeah. Okay. For names I mean, for she's
1: sure. iconic. So, I mean, that's kudos to you, because she's iconic. I mean, Yeah. I think she, she spearheaded a lot of uh, careers. I think, I think, uh, I remember uh, being a child uh, uh, when I was younger and seeing her on like cover like Sports Illustrated. And I mm-hmm. remember um, there was a group of girls that lived uh, in the same neighborhood and uh, they would always have these like foot races and they would always bring up her name. And like, that was like the thing, because she had like the nails and the fashion and like, that was like her thing. So, I mean, she she was for sure iconic. So, uh, kudos to you for identifying with that. I mean, I, I think that's pretty uh, pretty interesting. I'm,
2: I'm just trying to I'm just trying to pull her up on, on my phone so I can get a vision of her. I don't know if it was before my time. Oh man,
1: she was a diva, bro. Like legit. Like she personified. Like I I to to me, I think she was the first like flashy like track athlete, and yeah, she had like the first yeah, thing oh, she just had so much yeah like the hair she had a lot of charisma yeah, like she brought the style to the track and i think a lot of girls that i knew when i was younger like looked up to her um like i said man there, there were girls in, in the neighborhood and they were having these foot races and i'm telling you, they all wanted to be her so when i heard that i was like it kind of resonated with me when i heard you say that because um i never really hear people talk about her anymore i know so,
3: i feel like people she kind of just fell off the face of the earth yeah it's like,
2: it it's says weird she man. it says she passed away in 19 in
1: yeah, 1998 she, that's
3: terrible yeah she passed it
1: away pretty young damn yeah, i don't know if she had like an ailment or something but um i think it was like a heart just, condition yeah it was like a heart condition or something like that so um she you know you say, bringing her name up just kind of rung bells in my head thank you for
2: that. it says she died suffering an epileptic seizure <sighs> which is terrible
4: Yeah. It's
2: well rest in peace flojo you're still being talked to today about today yeah. um so so high school and then college, did you go to college?
3: I did. I went to, <clears throat> excuse me, I went to University of Rhode Island and my college experience was interesting and I'll be 100% honest, like I said, I would be, I was a division really? one rower. I was never passionate about rowing. Really? I had a hamstring injury my junior year and unfortunately mm-hmm. it kind of took years even to this day, it still will bother me. So I wasn't looked at um, as far as being recruited for track, okay. but I knew I still wanted to get a scholarship. So I did some research because that was the only way I was going to school, was with a scholarship. And mm-hmm. I found out that a lot of people didn't want to wake up at 5 a.m. in college, so to get on a Division one women's rowing team was kind of like the only sport d1 that you could essentially just walk on and then earn a merit-based scholarship so i did that there were aspects i loved and definitely aspects i didn't like so much but it i believe everything happens for a reason and Uh you know it was that uri that i really fell in love with lifting because that was part of our training was being in the weight room three days a week with a
1: strength Um, coach how tall are you i'm five eight Five eight. All right. So you're tall. Okay. But I was rowers, and any, any rower that i ever ran was pretty tall. So. Pretty. Sh- I was
3: actually pretty short
1: for a rower. <laughs> for a rower, yeah. Because I, yeah. I, I, there was a girl that I that I knew, and she was like six foot. And she was like she was legit. Um, and she just, you know, because you know length requires torque. So like, the more distance, the more torque you can you can create. So with the lifting, and then you can get somebody who's a pretty lanky guy or lanky athlete, and then you throw them in the weight room, and say, hey, uh, we're gonna work on your pulling here. And then now you throw them in a rower, and it's like. Mach one out there. You know what I mean? So, um, how did you, how did you figure out the, uh, the, the, the row situation? Um, cause that's like a, that's like a, that's a hell of a plan B. You know what I mean? Like most people, if the plan A goes down the drain, it's kind of like, all right, I'm done. But you decided like, you know, I'm going to go to school. I I need a scholarship. Um, and you, you took, you had the wherewithal to like research. So how did that come about?
3: yeah i was definitely very resourceful as a kid i researched a lot i still do that and it was kind of more it's funny because now that i'm older you know this was oh god how old am i this was like 12 years ago now Mm
4: -hmm. which
3: is crazy because i feel like it was yesterday in some ways when i kind of was doing it to be like kind of to show my my uh my parents up a little bit because i was the first person in my family to go to college, they didn't really have enough money for it. And I was kind of like, well, I'm gonna do it. I don't care what you say, because my stepdad was very like, you're gonna go to community college. I'm not signing a loan for you, no way. So it was kind of my mission, as bad as it sounds to prove them wrong, which obviously now they're very proud of me, but I kind of did it as a way to be like, well, haha, I'm gonna do it and you can't stop me. So I, I remember like I emailed the coach and asked if I could meet her. Because I liked URI when I went to go visit, but there was no way I could afford the out-of-state tuition. Yeah. So I just, I just asked, and it's funny because, um, you know, I, I'm a, I like to read, and, and so many like books tell you just the first step to anything is to just ask, and I was pretty, I, I definitely would say I was pretty baldy as a kid, more than I am now. I'm a little more reserved yeah. now, actually.
1: Yeah. I tell Frankie that all the time. So, so, so Frankie's like. Frankie is the executor of this situation here. So if we want to get somebody on the show, I'm terrified to ask people to do stuff. And I just, I say, Hey Frankie, man, uh, I'm going to need you to ask so-and-so because I can't do it. So uh, like Frankie could kind of attest to that. Cause I like for every single guest that we've gotten here, Frankie has pulled the trigger and got it done. So I always, I always, I'm very thankful that uh, Frank's in my life, man. Uh, we just happened to meet by, by chance. Uh, we had a, he had a friend in common and and we both had like kind of the same goals and what we were trying to do and um awesome. he's helped me out tremendously but um i i always say that he has the the courage of a of a samurai warrior because i don't ask people for anything because i'm just terrified of the answer so, <laughs> so oh, um man. you know uh, frank had kind of tested that like he wanted. to Drop, drop some knowledge
4: yeah. on that. Jay's
2: going to make me grab a tissue, Brittany. Jeez. Thank um, <laughs> you. Thank you, Jay, for those kind words. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I, that's funny you say that, Brittany, too. Like just living up in like an Italian-Irish household and my mom is hardcore Italian. It's like, what? Italian. What, you know, like, okay. Frank, come, Frank yeah. what, what's the What's the worst they're going to say? No? And I look at it like that. Like, as long as you're not asking for, you know, break, like, hey, can you help me uh, bury this dead body? Something crazy, you know? It's like, <laughs> no, it's, it's something. It, if they say no, F F you. You know i don't like you or whatever then that's it you don't take it personal and you move on but it, a lot of people will never know and i'm i'm happy that i i know that I at least asked or shared my story or did what i had to do um instead of thinking about oh i should have done that that's what we don't want to ever live with like should have and um think about it. if you never sent that email out who knows where you have where your journey would have went so i give you props mm-hmm. to uh you know courage um and you had the courage, like from Wizard of Oz, like the lion. You know, I was looking for the courage, and uh, you did it. And uh, and that's that's actually I was gonna say, like you, you didn't even row in high school, right? Like, do, did you ever jump? Were you ever in a rower? Like,
1: that's I just did. Fi- I so find it I rowed on the ocean,
3: and we had a different type of rowing that I did a couple times in the summer called same boat, which was completely different.
1: Yeah, it's a
2: little different. yeah, Okay, right.
3: completely different. A couple times. But I did. I'd done that, and I thought it was kind of cool. And I always heard that, like, you have to be strong and have good endurance to be a rower. So I was like, I think I might be decent at
2: this. Well, yeah. So and there's, there's a message right there. Is uh, pretty ask. badass. Ask. It, it can't pretty hurt bad. you. You know. And it's like the same thing in life as in like a, in a relationship. If you like this girl, this guy, and like you never know. If you never ask, you'll you'll never know. You know. You, you if you get your if they say no, okay, you get a little feelings hurt. You know. A little. I'm a guy I never you know, asked. So go to the, the next yeah, one, you I know? Just <laughs> drop a little drop a little how you doing and it will be a good hey,
4: conversation.
2: How doing, <laughs> um so in so you so you went to uh URI, right? Yep. And uh you graduated, I'm guessing, right? I did. So you yep, you, you rode all you rode all four years?
3: All four years.
2: Uh, twenty four so you're twenty
3: eight? Yeah, good
2: job. Um, me, me, <laughs> that was quick math, right? Yeah, Frankie's, reason why, good. Frankie's I, good like that. I graduated in 2014. So
1: there's a hint. Yeah. Um, Now, Um, what do you, wait, wait, I got, I got one question. Um, What did you, what was your major?
3: I was originally journalism and then because of Ah, actually growing the journalism program uh, program at URI all the classes that we needed were at 8am and we weren't allowed to take 8am because of practice. So I actually switched over to communication and then I minored in a couple of different things, including, like uh, gender studies in business so okay all right i don't really know what i wanted to do
2: i just yeah <laughs> i just went yeah. that's what a lot of colleges are you just go and figure it out as you as you yeah, go. A lot you're of people trying of figure out major. on the fly
4: yeah.
3: Yeah. Yeah.
2: even figure out who you are as a person you know yeah that that that's the thing um did you did you do any like the main movements though in high school before college as in the weight room like bench squat deadlift any of those or not really
3: I had benched, I never deadlifted, but I had benched because in gym class, I just, I asked my teacher one time, I was like, oh, I want to learn to bench. So I benched and then I always like squat, nothing with a barbell with squatting. I always squatted like random objects, honestly, <laughs> which is funny because
2: mm. pretty much it's strong the man man is. starts coming in. Yeah.
4: <laughs> but
3: yeah, I was always a little intimidated to use the barbell because there was only like one rack and it was always a bunch of guys on it. So I didn't really go over there too much.
2: Can you you take us through your uh, type of training they had you do in college in the weight room? And then, uh, how was your nutrition? Like, were you serious back then or you kind of just ate what you wanted?
3: No. So in college, I just remember with the amount of volume we were doing, like I was just always eating. I was always hungry because we would train. Usually like we'd be out in the water in the morning or on the rower for a couple hours and then we'd go for like a two mile cool down run. And then we'd lift, and then sometimes we'd have extra sessions. So I was just always hungry. Like I remember when I first went to a dining hall, I was like, "This is heaven! I've never seen so much food before." Like, <laughs> so I mean, I feel like pretty healthy, but yeah, I just I remember like I remember trying to like steal bananas out of the dining hall because <laughs> I knew I'd be hungry again in like Banana an hour. Banana stealer. Uh, yeah, but um training like as far as the weight room. We had um a seal row test. I believe it was 65 pounds, six minutes, as many reps as we could get. We did a lot of back work, um yeah, and we did a lot of front squats. Oh, uh,
4: okay.
1: look at that! Yeah, just squat down, translating okay, yeah,
4: I, I get it. Makes sense. Makes sense.
1: I hate rowing. I row. I'm i uh, I'm a crossfit. When they tell me that, hey, Jay, you gotta get on a row, I'm like, shit, because it is because there's a science to it. There's like, and I'm just not good at it. And I had to learn how, I'm just not, man. Like you could put me on any other machine except that. But, um, so, so like, as far as like the mechanics, did that come natural to you? Or was it something that you had to work on?
3: No, not at all. And to this day, I can say with confidence, I was probably the strongest girl on the team. Like I always had great numbers, definitely in the weight room. Uh-huh. My coaches were always so frustrated with me because of how strong I was. They would almost tell me like, because it doesn't matter how strong you are when you're rowing a boat, especially that kind mm-hmm. of boat, it's your technique is so fine. Yeah. They would actually always tell me that like, Brittany, you're so powerful. You need to back off. And a lot of the girls had rowed, you know, for years. So I feel uh-huh. like I would be so frustrated because I was like, I'm trying so hard. I don't understand. And then it wasn't until my, honestly, until my senior year, my fourth year rowing. But I feel like it really clicked. So I wasn't ever in, like, the top boat. I was more, like, in the middle, which was always very frustrating to me because I was so competitive and because I knew I was so strong. Um, Yeah, but the technique, it's a lot of thinking. And I also never had done, like, a team sport. So you have to follow the person in front of you and, like, really work together. And I – that was honestly the aspect I didn't like because I was like, well, if we lose, there's seven other girls in the boat. How do I know that, that they were giving 100%? So that was one aspect that was tough for me.
1: Wow. Uh, that's actually an interesting concept. I love team sports. I know I just have a specific like, role, right? So they're like, all right, Jason, you're a you know, weak side linebacker. You know, your, your job is to do X, Y, and Z. So I know I can execute X, Y, and Z. So I know that, I, and I could do that Nine times out of 10, I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, I'm, I'm boss to the wall. So it doesn't matter for me, but I don't like the responsibility of solely having everything on me. So I'd rather play a team sport because I know like I'm really good at being a specialist. So if you tell me that, Hey, I need you to do this on third down. I can do that. So if you told me, that's why I like, I mean, I crossed it. So if you tell me to do an individual competition, I don't want to do that because there's going to be something that I'm kind of not good at. And I don't want anybody to, like, expose that. But I, I, I know, like, so, for instance, I know, like, my handstand pushups are eh, but I can do everything else great, right? So if you put me on the team, I can get somebody that can, that, you know, that, that can do the handstand pushup. So I can mitigate that problem right away. Like, hey, dude, you're good at handstand pushup. Like, your body weight stuff is on point. Give me a barbell, right, some pull-ups, and I'll, and I'll, and I'll crush a workout. So for me, it's just more of, like, I like the team aspect. I, I, I always, I always notice that people who are like individual athletes mentally, they are giants because it takes a lot to be like an individual athlete and know like, all right, all of this is on me. And I can tell too, by the way, you like, Hey, I like, I called this guy. Like I emailed this person. Like you're, you're, you're a go-getter. So I can see why you would have an issue with being like in that team situation, knowing that, cause you can hold yourself accountable. But you don't know, like you said, these other people that are in this boat, these other girls, are they really pulling their weight, so to speak? So, like, I could hear it in your language that you are, like, you're an alpha. And I'm pretty sure you know that you're an alpha. Right? Am I right or am I wrong? I think, I, I think I'm right. You tell me. Uh,
3: I don't know. It's funny because the older I am, too, I'm very, like, people think I'm outgoing and I'm friendly. I am friendly, but I'm very private and I'm actually kind of shy. Like I'm not like an in-your-face person or even when people at the gym, I get really bashful when they're like, oh, they like will say my title is like third strongest woman. And I'm just like, I don't want to ever have a big ego. Mm
4: -hmm.
3: Like I'm proud of it. Yes. Don't get me wrong. But it's like, I don't want to talk about it. Like, (laughs) you know, I don't know.
1: I get it. Like you just show up and perform. Like all the accolades (laughs) are there, but like you show up and do what you do. Yeah, I get it.
2: James Jay was on a on a good on a good point there. Um, so if you if you if you research and look up lone wolf, a lone wolf is usually a wolf that's actually a female that leaves the pack, and they say that the that the that the lone wolf, in studies, is actually more fierce and stronger than a wolf in all the pack because one, it doesn't have to worry about any other wolves, and two, it only has to get food for itself, and it learns over time. How to survive instead of worrying about all the other wolves. So that was very interesting. That's kind of what just hit my uh-huh. mind right there. So
3: yeah, I love that.
2: Definitely, uh, something cool, something cool. Of, um, and it, it's tough living by, like you know, being by yourself, and especially strong man. It's not a, a team sport. Um, but uh, yeah, something that just hit, hit my mind there. Um, so that's uh something really cool uh to look at right there. I love I that. Think, yeah, that's um,
4: awesome.
2: Being a lone wolf is uh again it, it it it's hard um, but if you master it and accept it, you can definitely become like you just said top three strongest woman. Um, so congrats on that Thank uh, you. De- I definitely want to hit that um, but before we do kind of take us I guess a little journey after college to you know finding out what you you're you're doing after college. Yeah.
3: Yeah, so it was actually, I remember specifically when I discovered Strong Woman, it was my junior year of college. It was in the summer and I was working part-time at a gym and I was helping them market an event we were having. And I literally stumbled on Facebook. Instagram wasn't really a big man. I stumbled upon Facebook that they were having a contest and it was called Boston Strongest. And I was like, huh, that sounds cool. And I saw that they had a novice division and the competition was in like two weeks. And I remember reading it and I didn't really know what any of the events were, but I was like, that is, that's cool. And I signed up right away. And then before I knew it, I think like two girls were messaging me, like offering to send me videos. And they were like, do you know what you're getting yourself into? We just don't want to scare you. And I'm like, no, I'm just going to try it. Like I'm doing novice. Like I'm not really worried. And I just did it. Yeah, it was cool. Because, I mean, I knew how to, like, one was a clean and press, so I knew I knew how to do that. One was a deadlift, which I didn't know how to do. And then yoke and stones and, like, a carry event. Like, I just Googled them, and I was like, oh, I think I could do this. They,
2: they said they don't – take me back to that. They said they didn't want to scare you as in what? Because of the lifting?
3: Yeah, so they were trying. And I'm still I'm still friendly with these two women that messaged me. They were in charge of this group called New England Women of Strength. And they were trying to grow the sport, and they were just—they didn't want someone to come and like get hurt and then be turned off. They wanted to just—they were just being resourceful. They wanted to like—they were—they offered to send me DVDs on stone lifting and stuff. I was like, no, it's fine. Like, I'm just gonna Google it. Like, I'm good. I'm gonna wing it. I'm just gonna wing it.
1: (laughs) I'm good. I'll just show up and do what I do. (laughs) Yeah.
2: So you ended up doing the competition. How'd it go?
3: Good. Yeah. I I actually won. (laughs) <laughs> oh
1: my god, jeez <laughs> well, louise,
3: wow. Yeah, hey, we don't want to scare you. I'll
1: just win it.
3: I remember yes. I was very, I was getting very weird looks, because I knew, like I said, I knew nothing, and in Strongman, you know, a lot of times, like, you're loading things, and you have to be dressed appropriately, and I was wearing, like, this stupid, like, this tank top that was, like, I don't know what the material was, but it wasn't cotton, and it was, like, silky. Ah.
4: Uh.
3: Cause I just, I don't know. I just wore what I wore, I wore pink and black because they were my favorite colors at the time. And yeah, I remember I was frustrated because like everyone was putting chalk on and I was like, my chalk isn't sticking. And I didn't bring any other clothes. I didn't even have a belt or anything. I just, yeah, I just totally winged it, but I had Man. so much fun. <laughs>
2: the lone wolf went in there. Look what happened.
3: That's awesome. So that was on and- 2013, August, 2013 and i pretty much knew that was the moment like i just really liked that there was a camaraderie like everyone was so nice especially at the end of the competition you know i think at first people were like who is this girl wearing pink they were like a little like weirded out but then everyone was (laughs) so nice at the end and i just knew that after college that's what i would do like i purposely moved to that area in boston and everything so i could be at that gym and be around those people that train there and i'm still actually it's funny because my first competition the people i met i'm still in touch with a lot of them
2: wow yeah. that's awesome yeah so you kind of just you shifted shifted uh i guess your path over to basically over to that part of boston because of, because of the training because of strongman
3: yeah. yep and, and it really got me through um, my senior year because at this time i i didn't like rowing anymore i was solely doing it for the money, because I was like just very frustrated that I was putting so much into it and I felt like I wasn't as good as I was trying to be. So it got me through that because I was like, all right, you know what? I'm just gonna still give everything I have. It's gonna improve my endurance and I'm still getting coached in the weight room, which is obviously gonna help with strong women. Yeah. So it just, that gave me the fuel because I'm not kidding. There were definitely times where I wanted to walk off and just train on my own because I loved training. I did. I always loved training, but I didn't love rowing anymore. Oh, well, I never did. So.
0: You never did. Well,
4: thank God for I
3: hated, but I knew I had to, I wanted to stick it out because I didn't want to quit and I wanted, you know, that money because I didn't want to come out of college. With Absolutely. like thousand dollars
1: in debt. <laughs> yeah, you don't want those student loans.
2: i tell you no. A sacrifice for a bigger cause. And a lot of people never really don't want to do that. Um, and sometimes you have to... Uh, it's like a blimp in your life, right? Those that three or four years to get you to where you are today to um, make you a stronger person and probably learn from that. As in, maybe you'll never want to do something like that again where you're you're doing something because uh, you don't want really... We really love it, you know what I mean. But you had to.
3: Yeah. No, and I mean, a lot of good definitely came out of it. I'm still in touch with some of the girls I rode with, of course. And I met, you know, I got to go to great places. I actually went on my first plane ride. I never went on a plane ride until college, and it was because of rowing. Wow. And then I just got like a, such a travel oh, bug.
2: How was yeah, that? So good. You liked it?
3: Oh yeah. Like I have such a tra- no like actually, Corona's been killing me. I'm going on my first plane ride in um, September, and I okay. can't wait. <laughs>
1: yeah i think every everybody can't wait i know it's kind of the little things <laughs> yeah yeah absolutely the things we take for granted right exactly. like, oh you know like, i'd just be able to go out to dinner and do that uh, without wearing a mask or sitting outside in some ridiculous heat or something like that. <laughs> I mean,
3: yeah for of course, where yeah. you guys are in mean, new york are- can't even
2: have gyms open right yeah it's a disaster that's a, it's it's uh definitely uh so frustrating getting frustrated over here but That's why we're, uh, doing this podcast to keep it, keep our minds busy, getting our minds stronger. So, so after, so you moved to Boston and then what happens, what happens with work? What happens with training? Kind of, how is it really, How's that strongman journey really pick up?
3: Yeah, no, I'll take you through through that pretty quick. It's pretty clear cut. Actually, if I moved to Boston, I had a job, um, I was in sales because I didn't really know what I wanted to do, but I knew I wanted to make money. So I worked at Boston Mm -hmm. Business Journal. I was in advertising and my life revolved around, you know, I went to work and then I would every night go to the gym. It was where all my friends were and I trained. So when I graduated that summer, I signed up for the same competition I had done the previous year but not in the novice division in the middleweight open. So I trained for three months and actually won that contest. And I remember because it was the open division, I qualified for nationals. And I remember I was like, I'm not going to nationals. There's no way, like I don't belong at that level. I just started. And then people like my friends at the gym were like, there was a couple other people going. They were like, no, you should definitely go. Like, just try it. It'll be a fun trip. And it was in reno and so that was yes october 2014 and i went and i really surprised myself um i placed there and then i qualified for the arnold um which would have been in march 2015 and that's when i really got into it and i really started like believing in myself and was like oh wow i really can be good at this and i started putting on i was really i was still really skinny actually um
1: how much it's did funny you weigh because
3: I remember just trying to get bigger still.
1: <laughs> How much did you weigh?
3: I was about 150, and I remember I was like 160 was my goal. And wow. then fast forward to years later, then I remember like at Strongest Woman in the World, I was cutting to get to 180. Now I'm not that heavy. Now I sit right at like 170 because it's a little more comfortable for me. But yeah, I just remember trying. Because people are always like, oh, you're so lucky you can put muscle on easily. I'm like, no, no, no. Like that took –
1: Years, yeah, that, Years. That, 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 yeah that's not
2: easy. Years, yeah.
3: And, and a lot how? Of eating.
2: So you, the tra- training, going up to the Arnold and doing all the the nationals. What was like the training program like? That did you have a coach? Did did you ever have a coach? Because you start you just, I mean, you kind of went into the first competition. Won it were you ever like, all right, now I really want to like learn and master it or you
4: kind of yeah, just Yeah, like once I went videos?
3: to nationals, I talked to a few people. Again, I didn't really understand because I came from like a like, you know, in college where we were hands-on. I didn't really understand the whole idea of programming because I was young and healthy and I just wanted to go balls to the wall all the time. And then mm-hmm. everyone would warn me like, Don't do that, don't do that. So finally I ended up getting a coach to program. Um, it was I had two people help me at first. It was Matt Mills, who owns Lightning Fitness. So he programmed for me. And he was awesome. Who actually works with Josh Bryant still to this day. Okay. And then I worked with Eric Dawson, who owns, he's a pro strongman. He owns Titan Barbell. And that was the yeah. gym I went to. And everyone there was just using him. So I figured, like, I might as well use someone that I see all the time. So he programmed for me. And then, okay. you know, over the course of a few years, I kind of took on my own take. Like, I always would work with someone. But I would, they would let me like, oh, I know this works for me better, especially because I had such an endurance background, mm-hmm. which in the strength world oftentimes is frowned upon. But I would look at it like, hey, I know it's weird, I'm running a mile, but when it comes to 60 seconds of nonstop work, like I really feel like it helps my work capacity. Okay. Especially because I always battled with asthma, so I felt like the more cardio I did, the more I could be in tune with my breathing and have that not interfere. So, yeah, I definitely had kind of a different approach than most people.
1: Yeah, I've never heard a strongman say, "Hey, I'm gonna go run a mile." Real
3: quick. I know, I
1: know. Yeah, <laughs> that <was> weird. <laughs> like that would
2: be like the death medley there. All right, at the end of the competition, run a mile. Hey, all right, I'm out.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, you got a good baseline aerobically. I mean, because I don't like I said. I, I've never met a powerlifter or a strongman and say, hey, man, I'm going to win a mile. It's going to be part of my training program. Um, so, you, w- would you say that's like, I mean, that aerobic threshold that you have, is that like, have you always had that or that's just something that you had to work at? I mean, I know you said you had asthma, but some people just are innately better at doing like things, you know, in, in, a, in a cardiovascular capacity. Yeah, no, I definitely have
3: always had that because, like I said, from a young, young, young age, like, Eight probably, I would go outside and run, and yeah, I just kind of always had the kind of like a way aspect. to escape
2: too mentally, you know. No one can bother you when you're going for that mile run, it's exactly, just, exactly. It's just a lone wolf look because there's a lone wolf out there, that's it. <laughs> so,
4: that's uh,
2: that's that's pretty cool. And you still do that mile today,
3: you know. It's funny because I still love my cardio, but I do notice now that I'm older. Running, like I still love it, and I'll still do it occasionally, but it takes me like it will take away from my lifts or then I'll start getting like irritating injuries pop up. So I try to do more um like biking or just walk. I have a dog, so I walk a lot, but yeah, occasionally just I love it's still one of my favorite things to do just go for a run, but I have to factor in mind that like, okay, in three days if I go and try and squat and deadlift, I'm probably gonna hurt my back. So I don't know if It's just getting older. Um, just years of like pounding my body because you know a lot of people like I know I'm young most people don't start feeling really shitty to the like almost 40 but I'm like okay I've been <laughs> doing this I've been doing this for oh like I started much younger than most people so
1: yeah so when you bike how far do you usually bike and um, what kind of bike are you riding a mountain bike road bike no, so
3: I, I know I'm just gonna make me sound like it's everything I'm against but I actually just have an indoor bike I just I actually just bought one it hasn't come in yet because I'm I started using my neighbors during COVID since gyms were closed. Um, and I started, I was doing a bodybuilding prep. I've tried it a couple times. I haven't made it to the stage yet because something outside has always gotten in the way, but I liked it because I feel like it took, you know, obviously building muscle for years from strongman, powerlifting, lifting things like that. I have a lot of muscle, but then I also like that I could do cardio so much. And it was just, mm-hmm. I feel like, yeah, it was just a challenge I wanted to try. So hopefully that's, on the books for next year um again i've tried it twice my first time i broke my wrist and i had to have surgery and then i tried it again this year and then all shows wow. were canceled when i was like nice. three weeks out
2: <laughs> wow so you're really jumping oh into something else again the bodybuilding
1: yeah yeah how do you uh how do you segue into the bodybuilding
3: I think I was just around, you know, I moved, once I moved away from Boston, not that I'm too far from it now, but I saw like actually just like other sports, like at the Arnold and just meeting people. I remember I was at the Olympia and I was just talking to a couple bodybuilders and I loved to listen to um, Ty Green on YouTube. And they always talked about just like how hard it was mentally. So I thought that that sounded, like
1: fun, <laughs> like a challenge, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, common theme here: this woman likes challenges. And
3: yeah, honestly, like, like I'll always do strong. Like I, I will do strongman again for sure. I just, didn't I wanted to be in it for the long run, and I saw my body like
2: yeah, depleting, breaking
3: down yeah. very quickly.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: So I just want to make sure that, like, when you're training like that, year after year after year, and never taking a real break, because it's addicting. Like lifting heavy and always chasing PRs is and competing is addicting.
1: Yeah, very physically demanding.
3: Yeah, just because my back, joints, everything, like. Right. Yeah. You know, weren't feeling great.
2: (laughs) I I mean, look at uh, we 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 had the opportunity to have Brian Shaw in season one, so that was really awesome, and. uh, Okay. Give this guy a lot of credit for, I mean, he was on for, like, what, Jay, an hour and a half, like, telling us crazy yeah, stories. Yeah. He's, like, 36th, and think about, like, the Arnold, the World's Strongest Man, all those, just training for both of those as hell. And he's doing it, like, year after year. Um, yeah. And he's still doing it. It's, it, it's like, insane. And then you have, like, Eddie Hall, who he, he like, had to stop because he was, like,
3: yeah,
2: not, his body was... He was dying. He was breaking up. Yeah. His body was breaking you know, down. I so. love
3: Brian Shaw. Actually, funny story about him. Obviously, he was a huge, you know, someone I looked up to in the sport, but what specifically struck me about him was I went to one of his seminars. He hosted at Titan Bravo when I was first getting started, and I just remember thinking to myself how nice he was.
4: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
3: And just how humble he was, yeah, and he was long story short, I actually was in Colorado visiting a friend one time and I posted on Facebook I was there and somehow I ended up that day training at Brian Shaw's house.
0: Oh wow yeah. that's and I remember so awesome.
3: I had to train sandbag and I remember the lightest one he had was like four hundred pounds or something. Whew. So I was like, oh I just don't worry about it, I'll do something else. And he actually went into his backyard and made me one. So I just oh, remember just, yeah. wow. that's pretty and So awesome. i had some really cool, cool times in the sport.
2: What what was the last, when was the last show you did?
3: It will be, oh my God, way too long ago. It'll be two years ago in a couple of days, actually. strongest woman in the world in Norway. Wow. Because last year I had planned to do the show, but then I had, um, I broke my wrist. So, you know, I had to take time off. And then this year, you know, nothing's resuming. Nothing so happened, right. Definitely hoping next, next year I plan to do a lot athletically.
2: Wow. So what, what was your favorite, what was your, what was your favorite show and why? Even if you came in first or you didn't come in first or just best overall experience?
3: Um, I, oh God, I have two probably.
2: You have two? I'll just pick one. No, no, no. no. You, you do whatever Brittany wants to do. Yeah,
3: yeah.
1: you can do whatever you want. So
3: <laughs> the first was def- um, the first show was definitely the Arnold 2017 when I got my pro card because mm-hmm. it was, woman, the the year before they had just granted that woman could get pro cards and I missed it because of a technical error. I was so mad at myself. Like I was, all I needed to do was win the last event and I'll, it burned me to this day. Like it was, you know, top strong man. And I often talk about it. You have to be very particular, like one little tiny mistake or careless error will cost you. And it yeah. was a stupid thing. It was like, I placed, it was a medley and I placed a sandbag on the mat. And I guess part of it was like an inch off. off, So the judge didn't count that. Uh. So I was so mad. I was so mad at myself because it was a careless mistake. Like if I just, you know, looked a little harder. So that whole year I was like, wow, I know I deserve my pro card and it sucked because I was still like, I had to compete at the amateur level and, and qualify to get to the pro level. It just wasn't mm-hmm. it wasn't fun because i knew i would win, win the amateur and i wanted the challenge so the next year when i came back um and won my pro card i was just like very happy i was like okay finally now i can really see where i stack up so yeah. that was huge and then my second favorite show ever which will always be a great memory of mine was my last show in norway because it was my first time leaving the country okay and my mom came with me and other family members. It was also their first time leaving the country. So it just felt very surreal. I just huh? couldn't believe it. I was like, wow, I never in a million years thought that doing something I love would right. take me here. And it was just the most beautiful place ever.
2: From being, from being on a little mini rower boat in Massachusetts <laughs> in the water to Norway.
4: Yeah, yeah it's a, it was was awesome. cool. amazing. Yeah, it was,
1: it was awesome. Powerful like that, you know, you chase your dreams and there you go. You know? It's actually pretty awesome. I'm pretty sure your family was very proud of you, right?
3: Yeah, yeah, they're proud of me. They know well, they, I'm very headstrong. So they know uh at at this point in my life when I say something, they just are kinda like, Okay.
1: All right, yeah, yeah, She's gonna do it.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not. not they not not. try to
3: talk me down, like my mom sometimes. I remember one time she said to me like, because I had asthma, so when I would run, like, when I stopped running, you would, I sounded, like, it was embarrassing, like, I sounded like I was the most out of shape person, and she told me once, she was, like, always keep something on reserve, and I remember we got into a huge mother-daughter fight, because I was, like, mom, that is the biggest insult you can ever tell me, don't ever say that to me again, she's, like, oh, just because I love you, you know, blah, blah, blah. and so I I understand, you know, I don't have kids, but, like, I, she was just being nurturing, but to me, it just Was like,
1: don't ever say that to me, mom. Empty the tank. I mean, I get it. I I, I see how your mind is, you know, like uh, you are an all or nothing type of person. So um, I can definitely, I can, I can understand why you would think that way.
2: Yeah. It's uh, that, that extremist mindset. I'm definitely guilty of that too. So.
3: I think a lot of us are, yeah.
2: Yeah. It gets you to where you are. Now you're, now you're not asking the questions you're making a statement and people are saying okay yeah. so it's uh it's 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 an awesome journey starting hearing from where you were to where you are now um now talking about like building muscle especially as like a female you know you hear that all the time all that lifting makes me f- like big fat all that bs um that it obviously a lot of people like when i was in college too you see all the girls on like the uh the treadmills and like, uh, like the but the hamster wheels, I call it, you know, and they're just doing the same thing over and over again. But people still don't understand that the nutrition part is like 90% more. That's the name of the game. That's where, um, like we, just, uh, Stan Affording said it the best, like in for years, he was just working out so much and so hard. And all you're doing is just breaking down your muscle. Right. And over, like, you know, you work out for what, two, three hours a day. Like if you're comp- really competitive, a little less an hour and a half, what are you doing the rest of that 23 hours? You know, you have to recover. So like, take us through like your, how your nutrition is like the type of meals, I guess, um, were you like meal prepping, uh, were you very strict or you kind of just kind of ate on when you were hungry?
3: So when I was younger, I was like a bottomless pit, like, especially it started with rowing. And then when I was doing strongman, I was just always, I was just always eating. Like I tried to, once I was, I graduated college. I started to educate myself a little more. And like, so I wanted to know like how many calories am I eating?
4: Yeah.
3: But I wasn't ever too, too crazy with it unless I had to cut Then I would, then I hired a nutrition coach. And then when I started to do, I'm thankful for the bodybuilding because that taught me so much about like what foods work best for me. So even mm-hmm. like, for example, you know, like right now I'm not, I don't have anything upcoming. I'm just trying to get good lifts in. Um, so I'm not like, Crazy where if a friend wants to go out to eat or something, I'll be like, No, no, I can't. Like I am when I'm in bodybuilding prep or something, but I do. I generally just I, at this point in time, I feel like when I just food prep a couple times a week and just have a bunch of food, it's just easier. Yeah. And I like not thinking about what I have to eat, so um, mm-hmm. yeah, so
4: so you're right a big now, meal prep a
3: lot again, which is nice.
2: So, you um, do you, meal, do you meal prep a lot.
3: Yeah. So I'll just do it a couple times a week. And right now, like with co I used to leave my house every day to like be out and about for work. So I would just prep it the night before and bring it with me. But now that I'm home, I won't necessarily put it in like a Tupperware, I'll just take it out and sometimes right now, which is nice, I don't even weigh my food all the time. I'll just kinda of guesstimate because at the end of the day it's like I've been doing this so long that if I have a little bit kind of eye less, it right now. Yeah. And then once yeah. I'm on prep again, like once I'm on, you know, I, I will measure everything and all that, but it's like, it's nice to just give your body a little bit of a mind, actually just the break from being right. so strict. Right. Um, what's
1: your, what's your recovery looking like? You have like, um, uh, you, you get body work done acupuncture, things like that. Like what's your recovery. looking like?
3: Yeah. So I'm a big fan of, I have like actually downstairs, I have like a, a mobility closet and unfortunately, I kind of, in the morning when I wake up, if, if I don't roll out, I can't even like, I need to get a, a good back crack in the morning. I think it's just, like I said, years of abuse.
4: Yeah.
3: But um, yeah, I do a, do a lot of, I try to do like every six weeks, like, you know, get some grass and some body work done, especially yeah, yeah, yeah. when I'm in competition, I'll go more frequently, like once a month or something. And then, Okay. you know, it's a big balancing act. The older I get, it's like, you have more on your plate, just like everyone. So mm-hmm. in an ideal world, I would probably stretch every day in real life. In off season, you know, if I do it once a week, I'm happy with that. But okay. once I would say I do more, like once I'm on prep and I'm like, you know, when I have like X date I have to be ready for, whether that's strong man or anything, then I'm very, very, very regimented. But in the off season, I'm starting to um, relax a little more because, you know, sometimes
1: You just can't fit everything in. So, Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, I can probably be mentally taxing just making sure that your body's right, making sure that you're putting the right things in your body. And I know with me, like I get, um, I I have OCD to begin with. So it's like now if I'm with that, like that way with my food, I have to give myself a little bit of a break just to hit that mental reset and make sure that I'm not overworking, you know, like all my senses because. Yeah,
3: yeah. I can totally relate to that. Because it's like yeah.
1: you're a perfectionist, right? Yeah, I used to always just get down on myself. Like if I didn't hit, you know, if I didn't hit my macros for the day, I'd be like, shit, you know, I like got down on myself. So I had to kind of like step away. And then, like, like you said, like you, you know intuitively, like you've been doing this a long time. So you're like, all right, well, I can kind of eye what I'm eating. So let me just take a little bit, you know, time off, of, you know, meticulously counting macros and making sure that I'm hitting these numbers. Yeah. And let me just make sure I'm keeping my sanity and making sure that, yeah, I am putting quality foods in my body, but I don't have to weigh everything.
3: Exactly. So and I have to time. remind myself of that, too, because sometimes yeah. I'll start to get like that. I'm like, oh, I didn't do that. I haven't done that. Or even like when it comes to I usually lift five times a week. Mm-hmm. But just recently, actually, I feel like COVID taught me this. If there's a certain day where I really just don't feel it, instead yeah. of beating myself up, saying Listen like, oh, body, yeah. yeah, I'm just like, you know what? Because now that I'm a little older, it it works out.
1: I was going to ask that. I
3: was yeah.
1: ask that, like, that comes with like, you know, wisdom, you know, like comes with age, you know, like a lot of the times we'll fight through a feeling. Like I woke up yesterday and felt like complete trash the day before I worked the 18 hour shift. I was like, you know yeah. what? I wanted to train, but I was like, my body was like, Jay, don't do it. So I just, you know, listen to my body. And if this would have been,
4: yeah.
1: you know, 22 year old Jason, I probably would have tried to fight through that. But yeah. you know, as you yeah. get older, you start to listen to your body and, you know, you start to realize like, all right, you know, it's okay to take a day and relax just a bit. And let the body recoup you know and make sure that you're you know more recovered so you can get a quality training session rather than just going through the motions and just like getting these lifts in and obviously if you're not 100 you know these lifts are going to suck so you know it's okay to kind of step back and say all right i'm going to just take a little bit of a you know day here maybe do some active recovery get on the bike flush the legs out a little bit just chill out don't go too crazy um yeah, that comes with wisdom, man. It comes with age.
3: Yeah, definitely. I'm, yeah, less I'm is happy more. You're,
1: yeah, you're, you're identifying with that. Because, I mean, you say you're older, but you're still relatively young.
3: Yeah, no, so, I know I'm young still. So.
1: Yeah, Yeah. so it's like you're, you're, you're ahead of the ball because you're, no, you're, you're noticing this stuff now. Yeah. So, you know, by the time you hit your 30s, you're going to be A1. So, um, yeah. you know, you pay attention to detail. I think it would be just fine.
2: I want to take it back to when you said in high school, you really didn't drink that much or alcohol. Did that change? Does your training still, how's like alcohol and, and training now for you? Like, do you, did you, do you drink sometimes here and there or before show you really didn't pick it up at all? Or how's your yeah, mindset? I'm
3: definitely very, I feel like I'm pretty much the same person I was in high school. I'm very balanced with it. Like when I'm in prep, like obviously bodybuilding prep like no way you can't drink but for strongman for strongman prep yeah like occasionally i'd have like a glass of wine or a beer or something but i'm definitely just not a big drinker because the way the way i look at it honestly is if you know a drink has like this this much sugar in it or something i'm like i'd rather eat an entire piece of cake or an entire ice cream (laughs) because one drink isn't going to do anything for me i need like five and yeah, then I'll just not feel good, so. <laughs> yeah.
1: I mean, let me ask you a question. Um, how, is that, how is that in, like, your personal life, like, your social life? Like, I'm, obviously, like, dating has to be a little bit more restricted now because if you date somebody, they really have to understand what you do, right? So going out to dinner, you know, in the middle of a prep, that's not happening, right? And knowing that you can't, you can't eat certain foods and maybe, like, like, the person that you're hanging out with doesn't – essentially live the same lifestyle that you live like how do you like 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 how's your dating life as far as like you know the restrictions that you have in your personal life when it comes to
3: training yeah so i have a serious boyfriend um we've been together for four years and okay. he's done he's done um a couple of strongman shows
1: powerlifting right, so and he's done what? bodybuilding
3: so okay, he so. completely gets it i suggested to him actually because i would love to do a prep together Mm-hmm. 'cause I think it would be awesome, but he doesn't he doesn't want to um
4: <laughs> you guys he's might also go crazy much
3: more relaxed, he's more relaxed and chill than I am, where I'm very like this is what we're doing, we're doing this, so like I think that he gets scared that if we do a prep together, I'll be like, why aren't you practicing more? Why aren't you posing like very um yeah yeah very intense. I could see that
1: <laughs> yeah, I because mean, that could that could you know that could turn into a slippery slope just because um. You know, when you're in a prep, you have to be like locked in, right? So, like, like you said, if he's like that super laid back, chill dude, and then you're like, "Hey, uh, let's go. We need to hit this. That's going to put strain that you probably don't need in a relationship that's running smooth to begin with." And then you add that that external stressor of prepping for a show. You know, people get hangry, and you know, you know, you're not a, you're not the same person you are when you're in a, like caloric deficit or you know, you know, you know, yeah. de- depleting yourself. So, I. I
3: it's interesting. I side yeah. with
1: him on that. Yeah, I no, I've definitely talked
3: to a lot of friends about that and stuff. And I've even thought like, you know, it's hard to date. Like if I, I don't think I could ever date someone that didn't understand because there is, you know, there is an aspect when you're, especially when you're in prep where you do have to be selfish. So I make sure like for my friends and my family that when I'm not in prep, like I go out of my way, like on Sunday, for example, I'm going out to breakfast with my brother and his wife. Because I haven't okay. seen them forever. Because I was in prep for so long, you know. It's like I still try to be really social, but it's yeah. definitely not the same. Um, so there definitely is an aspect where it's selfish, which I don't. I actually do not like that aspect whatsoever. I try to always be super open, but yeah, I can't imagine it would be really hard. I'd rather just be alone than date. Like if someone didn't get it, it would yeah. probably look crazy. Because even, like, you've, I've heard other couples fight, like, if one person likes the gym and one doesn't, then it's tough, you know? So.
1: Yeah, yeah. I get it. I understand. Um, what do you do for fun? Like, what is, like, what does Brittany do to, like, unwind and unravel and relax?
3: Um, I have dogs. Okay. And I got a puppy person. in November. Her name is Rosie. She's a pit bull. I'm obsessed okay. with my dogs. Um, but for me, fun like it's funny because it's definitely not like relaxed i'm not like a chill person um but i love to like go hiking or do some type of like adventure in the woods or like i like to wake up early and go see the sunrise but a lot of times like you know i just do it with my dogs because who the hell wants to wake up at 4am and like go hike a mountain i i've realized that were my Um, I like to write too that's kind of fun but yeah and then I just you know I like to listen to music and hang out with friends and I don't really. I used to like to go out to have fun but now that I'm older I don't really like the whole going out scene Mm
4: -hmm.
3: but I was definitely like when I was younger like when I was first prepping for Strongman I went out like every Saturday night in Boston and like had so much fun I definitely like you know I definitely partied Um, just wasn't always my scene now that I'm older (laughs) I guess
1: I get it I get
3: it I've been to New York oh. I've been to a couple clubs in New York actually oh
1: nice yeah New York's a, New York's a party now, It's no Boston but uh. <laughs> um, it's no Boston but it's it, it, it's pretty fun um Very fun. so you have a you have two pitbulls or one pit bull?
3: yeah I have a one is a mix and then the Rosie the pitfall I got I rescued her in December and they said oh, she nice. was a mix but she's definitely pure yeah yeah, she's right next to what, me sleeping.
1: <laughs> what, uh, what what made you pick a pit bull?
3: So when I did um, research on what type of dog, I wanted a dog that pretty much I could do anything with, like super active. Yeah. Um, and they said like certain pit bulls ha- were more prone to like hip issues, but where they were short haired, they were good for any, we- uh, not like freezing cold weather, but they were good for any weather, especially like hiking they don't get too hot and they can go for miles like their endurance is good and they're just super loyal and i also liked like now that i own one too i definitely know it still exists the stigma with pimples where people are afraid of them
4: yeah
3: is so true because some even to this day like it happened to me a few days ago i was walking my dog and someone was like i thought Pipples were mean she's so sweet i'm like it's all how you raise them so i do it's like all how you having, raise them exactly i do like yeah. having a dog that's intimidating <laughs>
2: yeah yeah products, absolutely products, I mean, products of well, your she's not so intimidating just to you know.
3: me like she's so cute but you know like people still think she is just funny because she's a little pitbull
1: <laughs> people yeah, you know but, that stigma will save you though because that is that'll prevent somebody from trying to come in your house go see that dog and be like oh, oh i know that's actually that's
3: one of the reasons why i got it too because i do go alone for hikes and stuff often yeah and i love people how... will think twice yeah exactly people will
1: absolutely think twice yeah. I'm, and uh, i'm going to say this too i mean you're you, you look strong, too, and people don't, they won't bother you or the dog. Trust me. Nope. They'll think twice about yeah. doing that. When I always say that. Like, um, you know, in, me and Frank are in law enforcement, and any time I've ever seen, like, something like that happen, it's always like, you, you, like, for instance, we had a guy, this is years ago, but this guy said he was, a, he was a perpetrator, and he basically was like, I would look for, you know, like, smaller women because I knew they wouldn't put up a fight. know, I could snatch their person run and I know that they they would just kind of just sit there and not do anything. He said I would purposely not look for women like over a certain height or had a certain type of stature. So like you know, you walking around looking the way you look, right? And then having that dog, I mean that's a deterrent to begin with. So so it's
3: interesting you say that and because you guys are in law enforcement, you'll appreciate that. So when I was in college, I was a peer advocate. Which basically just educated incoming freshmen on like date rape, domestic violence, things like that. Uh-huh. And we had, we did like, a, we had to do a, we had to get trained in it. We did like a self defense course and the police came in and talked to us. And that's exactly like they were telling us, like through, you know, extensive research and interviews, like what these people look for yeah. um, and things like that. I thought that was like so, so interesting. Um, yeah, yeah I mean, fortunately, I've never had an issue ever with anything. Yeah,
4: thank so. God. So yeah, God bless. <laughs>
2: Now you got your own little pack.
3: Yeah.
2: (laughs) That's great. So Brittany, um, before we wrap up, I just want to thank you for, uh, coming on the show and having traveling through your labyrinth. And, um, we want to say good luck. Um, I'm going to keep following your journey on your strong man. And, uh, you definitely motivate me and checked out your, your profiles and stuff. You're really strong and your bodybuilding will be definitely, uh, Definitely another uh, success. um Thank but Before you. we wrap up, I just want to ask you some questions to get the listeners okay. to get, get to know you more. Um, all right. So, what's your uh, favorite movie or two? My
3: favorite movie ever. The um, <laughs> one that comes to mind first is not my favorite movie anymore. It used to be um, Titanic. I'm <laughs> just kidding. <I> don't know.
4: <laughs> They, I only
3: watched uh, it a few months ago and I was like, why the hell did I like that movie? Why did um, I like ten, it? Yeah. Ten pounds with Will Smith, or seven pounds, excuse me, with Will Smith. It's not a very popular movie, um, but it's a typical Will Smith movie. And it's kind of about this, this guy who has a health issue. Um, yep. And he's, he's depressed. I don't know if you guys have seen it, but he goes through a couple things in life and he's depressed and he ends up um, yep. committing suicide but he leaves like his body parts like a heart and things to people yep. in need. Mm-hmm. that was a really I just love Will Smith. He's my favorite. That is a that is a, that is a great movie. You I see, you've seen it like a lot of people have never They're heard not, of it.
2: I've never seen it or heard of it. I'm going to have to look into I'm it. I'm a Will Smith guy, so
1: Me too. I watched all his movies. There, so. Me too, I love him. When he, yeah, when you mentioned that I was like, "Oh, that's a good one." Yeah. All right, so let's let's just keep that going. Let's go number 2. Second favorite. Let's see what you got.
3: I mean, that's, I mean, that's easy because of Will Smith's
1: Pursuit of Happiness, because that, yes. I've
3: watched that like five times and it still will make me. Did you scared. cry? Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> You gotta, you know, of the, course. anybody who says they didn't hold back tears or cried or watching that movie, you're lying. Because that is, he's such a good actor. And it, it's, it's, it's kind of funny too, because his son's in it. And like, I, to me, I think it resonated more because his son was in it. And yeah. I think it made the acting more intense because it was, a, it was a legit father and son. It was a real father and son. And then like the story, if you look behind like, you know, the actual guy, it's like, wow, you know, this guy went through all of that. And, you know, even when the chips were down, this guy still kept pressing forward, pressing forward, yeah, and, you I know, achieve this goal. So, yeah, great. Two great choices. Keep it going, Frankie.
2: One, if you had uh, one meal to eat for the rest of your life every day, what would it be?
3: Uh, Good or burger. bad. A burger with an egg on it and sweet potatoes
4: and ice cream. Nice. <laughs> and ice cream. What
1: kind of ice cream?
3: Moose tracks. <laughs>
1: uh yeah. yeah. Moose tracks. Yeah. Moose tracks, yeah, man. That's dope. That's a fish food guy. Yeah, what um
2: what, what one person to meet, uh, if they're alive or they, they could have passed away and you get to meet them and talk to them, who would it be?
3: Dwayne the rock, definitely. I know that's probably a typical yeah. answer. No, people,
1: you're the first person to say to Rob. Oh, maybe,
2: maybe we'll see. Maybe, yeah, maybe we'll see you in the Titan Games that show. That'd yeah, be my best
3: friend won last season. Um, oh, really? Wow. And they contacted me, but then nothing ever went through with everything. But um, oh, yeah, I'll call yeah, I'll call the,
2: I'll call the Rock for you. There, I'll, I'll, I'll think, talk yeah. to him.
3: I have a really good friend who nannied, she lives in Australia, but a medically strong woman. She nannied for his stunt coordinators. So wherever he was filming a movie, the family went and she traveled with them. Oh, and awesome. she always said like, it's amazing how like humble of a person he was. And just, you know, I I like reading his stuff and I just really admire, you know, where he came from. And yeah, just love me to meet him.
1: Yeah, he's solid, he's, he's aces.
2: He's definitely on my list too, yeah. who knows maybe. Maybe all three of us uh, will get to uh, meet him one day. I'll set it up. I I know a guy. Um, So, uh, yeah, you have a time machine, right? You come to New York. Me and Jay got the time machine. We're like, Brittany, here you go. Any year you want, put it in. You're going to that time frame. Where are you going?
3: I think (laughs) I would like to go to 2006. It can be future or past
4: No future or past.:
2: past. No, Oh you no, just past yeah, just past yeah just past. It doesn't even have to be when you were alive. It could have been like the 1970s, it could have been Egyptian time, it could have been any time frame.
3: Uh, I think I'd like to go to the 70s because just from hearing other people talk, you know they' just psychedelic, seem really yeah people are really out oh. there. I know they did a lot of drugs and stuff, but it just seemed like dancing, you know it just seemed like the arts really like came to life more, so I just would like yeah. to experience that. Um,
1: I gotta ask one favorite musical artist.
3: Favorite musical artist. Oh, that or is such a hard question. Or group.
1: Or group. You can. You. you or group. Oh, to
3: narrow it down to one. Oh my God.
1: Um, well, if you got a f- if you got two, we can. Keep if you got it. two, yeah, throw yeah. me two. I just want to see where you, I want to see where your mind is. Music.
3: I really have- this is like this is like completely two ends of the spectrum
4: mm-hmm.
3: but I really oh god this is so so hard because I like all genres too um, um okay so I love Eminem okay.
4: still all right. I love him all right, good. Eminem, I'll
3: pick that. but then I also love like it's gonna sound so funny because I kind of outgrew her but I listened to a lot of country growing up and okay. I still love Carrie Underwood. I, me and my cousin just went to her concert a few months ago. I just liked her lyrics.
4: Classic. Um,
3: and then, She makes yeah, great just, music. I'm, I'm, I love, like, when I'm lifting, I love Tool. So.
1: Do you have, do you have a PR song? Is there, like, a track? Like, if you need to hit a big lift, what yeah. is the song that you turn on when you need to hit that lift? Always. That's what I want to
3: know. My friends all know this too. It doesn't matter if it's, like, dancing, it doesn't matter if it's a, a deadlift. Um, turn down for what? <laughs> the DJ's there you main go. version.
1: <laughs> That's it. Yes. That's what I wanted to hear right there. Like that PR yeah. song. Everybody, everybody has a song.
4: Yeah, you know right. you're about to
1: hit a big lift. Hey, put that jam on for me. I need to pick up something heavy. All right. I'll take that. Good choice. I like that. One, you got some one, more Frankie or
2: what? Yeah, we got, we got one more. If you have one, one main lift and one uh, like accessory lift to do for the rest of your life, what are you doing?
3: I've actually been asked that before, so that's easy. I would choose back squat and pull up, pull ups.
4: Okay. Wow.
3: Yep, because I feel like back squat, you know, you can hit, you know, you still get upper back, obviously legs, boots, everything, and then pull ups you can do anywhere, and they work your entire, you know, arms, back, everything. So.
2: Just regular bar. Yeah. Shape bar. Okay, gotcha. Do you box squat at all?
3: I have before, like I did some wide stance box squats, just, just so I wasn't using my back as much, like and trying to get more like hamstring Hamstring improvement.
0: Yeah. Um,
3: But that's actually only in like a strongman prep would I do box squat, mainly just so it didn't take away from the, you know, from events too.
2: Have you ever done a powerlifting show? I have. Yeah. You have? Did you enjoy that? I did one last year. Did you like
1: that? No, (laughs) no, no,
3: no. I, um, I did it because I got my cast. So I competed August 10th last year. I got, Uh I broke my wrist in February and I got my cast off in April. And I remember thinking like, I was so afraid to bench just because that was just the one list that I was terrified of. So I was like, you know what? I'm just gonna sign up for a powerlifting meet that way I have to bench. I've always wanted to try it. And actually, believe it or not, the bench was easy. It was more the deadlift that hurt my wrist.
2: Your your wrist, right.
3: But yeah, I was was decent at it. Um, I ended up winning and I got the best lifter, which was my goal. I cut for it too. She
2: goes decent and (laughs) wins the whole thing.
3: (laughs) Well, I cut for it, which was stupid for the first pass. What weight class,
2: 165?
3: Yeah, yep. I cut for it because I had just like i said i was in a bodybuilding prep when i broke my wrist so i still kind of wanted to like push myself in that aspect of it and i did have i i liked the the day of the event i liked it but it was just very um like i like watching it but it was very boring to me like i like strongman because it's always different like just training the big three it got yeah. i just got very bored kind of
2: like bored right yeah i i, could do that. I've been, I that definitely I started training powerlifting for years after football. And then when I got a strongman, there's so many different things to do. It's like, you can't get bored.
3: Well, I feel exactly. like you know, I there's so
2: many things you, you I, try to get good at.
3: If I wanted to be good at, really good at powerlifting. It's like, I wouldn't be able, I would have to take away some of my athleticism because you know, if you go and like run up a hill or do some hill sprints or something, that's going to take away from your deadlift and squat session. So I didn't like that. I had to just lift.
2: Amen to that. So, yeah. I think the message of today is uh, don't be afraid to ask and don't be afraid to try something new. And uh, Brittany is a great example of that. So Brittany, yeah, we want I'll to definitely thank you. Learn that. We want to thank you for coming on and uh, kicking off season three for us. Um, my name is Frank. Uh, you guys are listening. You know where to find me at reps underscore four underscore responders.
1: And my man Flex in the City, where can they find you? Uh, I am the real Jumpman Jay. I am only on Instagram. Um, spells as it sounds, it. The real Jumpman Jay, and um, just want to say thank you to Brittany. This was a very um, interesting um, interview. I learned a lot. I'm probably going to take away some things. I'm going to I'm going to not be scared anymore and ask now. So uh, yeah, kind of owe that to you. So thank you for that. I appreciate
3: thank that. you. Yeah, and I'll see. You. Hopefully, I can meet you guys in person if I come to New York, or vice versa. If you ever want to come train at uh, the Top Strength, we just had Stan efforting there this past weekend, actually.
4: Awesome. Okay.
3: I actually think it'd be, we should talk offline about this, but I really think it'd be great for you. Cause a lot of, um, we're like really active with like cops and firefighters and all that stuff. So it'd be a great yeah, place that, for you guys to check out.
2: that That's awesome. Oh. You were at that seminar there with him?
3: Yeah, he had, this, he had a seminar there on Sunday. The one he was doing where he's traveling to various gyms. So,
2: yeah, I was at that on last Thursday in New York. Oh, they cool. had one at Mount Vernon barbell. So yeah. yeah oh and, yeah,
3: that's right. Yeah, and then he went from, from there he went to Texas. Then he did, wow. took a red eye back here. And then yeah, he went to it's crazy. like It was crazy.
1: Yeah, Yeah, man. When, the, when things get normal, bro, let go up there, Frankie. Get after get it. Let's get it done. And smooth, Brittany, where, where, can
2: they, where can they find you on, on uh, Instagram or social media? What do you have? Yes,
3: so Instagram is pretty much the main one I use too, like UJ. Um, it's just B underscore dimes, B dimes. I actually, I'm, I'm starting to post Morgan. I took a little bit of a, like a social media, not break.
2: Like a mental break.
3: Yeah, I just like during COVID, I was like, I don't know, I lost a lot of followers because I started uh, posting my dogs more, and people were like, "You need to post your list more." And I'm like, "I can post whatever I want." Yeah, <laughs> so, who are you to yeah, tell
1: you? Who are you gonna, to page. tell you something? Right? I do what I want. Yeah. Right, the damn
2: the <laughs> Yeah, freaking. Nah, that's another topic. Anyway, we will end. We will end on that, Brittany. Thank you so much. Uh, I don't say really want to say good luck because it's uh there's no luck out there it's choices and responsibility and so far you, you've made good choices and took in responsibility so you'll kill it thanks, uh thanks. thanks for coming on the show Brittany. uh thanks we'll talk soon me. and um awesome. everyone have a have a good week and uh season three is uh is underway so all right guys god bless have a good day
4: bye Frank, god Frank, bless. have a good Thank one you.
2: Bye, guys. Bye. Bye.